0: Can you relate to the following? You have a high-ticket coaching or consulting business. You've decided to start a podcast because you know, or at least you've been told that it is one of the best ways to get your messages out there to grow your audience. You put in the effort to make it work, and then you kind of lose momentum. You don't really see the results that you want. You're not really getting leads from your podcast, or at least any you know of. You're putting in all this time editing and publishing your episodes. You're starting to feel the pressure and a creative drain from having to come up with content each and every week. You're feeling creatively tapped out, uninspired. You start resenting it. And maybe you go back and forth like this for a little while, not knowing why you're doing it, but doing it anyway, because in the back of your mind, there's a little voice saying, but what if, what if this is the key to my success? I just haven't unlocked it yet. I've just got to keep going. Can you relate to this scenario? I think a lot of us, a lot of us high-ticket coaches and consultants can relate to exactly this scenario. I know I have until I figured out a way to make it work. When I, And I made over $200,000 in my first year of podcasting with absolutely no experience and a $53 microphone. And I'm so excited to be sharing with you this exact journey and strategy of how I did this in today's episode. My name is Deidre Shen. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Cap Show. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. So excited for everyone to be joining us on our very first episode of this Grow My Podcast show. We're going to be talking about how... In our first year podcasting, we actually made over 200000 with absolutely no experience and a $52.99 microphone that we found on Amazon. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today. And why I thought this was important to actually kick this new podcast off with is because, well, why should you be listening to us? <laughs> Why should you be going through this journey with us as we kick off and grow a new podcast show? Uh, we've done it before completely, by the way, I'm not going to lie, completely unintentionally. And once we started becoming more intentional about it, which we are definitely going to be bringing to this, uh, to this podcast, then uh, we started seeing it just work. So consistency in our leads, consistency in our sales, um, and we've never turned back. We've loved podcasting since then. So my name is Deidre Shen, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm going to be joined by my co-founder, Bonnarai. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Just waiting for her to jump in and say hi. Um, And... Gosh. Okay. So let's kick off because I want to talk about this journey. It's insane when I think about it now, um, how this all came about, how we were able to make $200,000 in our first year, over 200K, by the way, in our first year podcasting. And by the way, I do want to set context that this did not happen overnight (laughs) (laughs) it definitely did not happen overnight one year sounds so short but oh it was so long oh gosh it was it feels it felt like yes one of the (laughs) longest years ever um and to tell you the story about how this all happened I want to take us back to 2019 And August 2019 was actually when my husband, his name is Ash, uh, my co-founder Bonner, and I made the move from Sydney, Australia, to New York City. Mm. And actually, what I'm going to do is let's let's leave this photo in our show notes. But there's a particular photo of us outside our new apartment, and we had literally lugged 18 (laughs) suitcases. between us between the three of us we had locked 18 suitcases from sydney all the way to new york and by the way like this was got we landed so in australia obviously southern hemisphere we left the middle of winter Mm -hmm. and we landed here in the middle of summer i think i was wearing at least 27 layers Not that Australia is cold, but because I'd run out of room in my suitcase. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I had all of my thick coats on. Like, you're like travel hack I just wear your heaviest clothes. I'm like, that is definitely my mink overcoat. I don't have a mink overcoat. But... <laughs> so there is, yes. Yeah, so we landed here in the middle of the summer, layered with all of our, all of the things we could not fit in our 18 suitcases. Uh, we have a photo of that we're going to share with you in the show notes. Um, and Okay, so I want to first tell you about because it, it was pretty—it was a pretty left field decision. It seems like, in a scheme of things, to have moved across the world, especially if you knew our personalities. <laughs> So at the time, Ash and I were running our businesses in Sydney. So we had a dessert bar called The Chalk Pot, of which we had grown to five locations, and we had a burger restaurant alongside that called Stacks and Burgers, and we had grown mm. that to two locations. So you kind of look at that and you'd be like, okay, well, we have brick-and-mortar stores. It just did not make sense. Why would you do that? You leave <laughs> leave them all behind. Right? It did not make sense. Uh, now what happened, what I guess was a catalyst for this decision was that at the end of 2018, we actually found out that one of our most trusted employees—he uh, was the store manager—and almost we were kind of um, we were kind of nurturing him to become sort of ashes to IC in the business mm. overall. We had found out that he'd been stealing from us, mm. and we've been and he'd been stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like that's the most for a long time. For a long time, yeah, and yeah. So anyway, so you can imagine just how you know, having a trail like that happen can, it was, it was almost like, it was this the thing that we needed almost to snap us out of this hamster wheel. I feel mm. like we had created for ourselves, which by the way, we didn't know we had, but it was like, again, something like this happens and you look, you start to look at everything, right. Mm. You start to evaluate like where you are in your life and what you want to be doing and and all of that. And for us, I mean, I've know definitely always wanted to uh live and work overseas and so this was like why have if we don't do that now like when are we ever going to because Mm. we're on this trajectory of growth which is great and i'm not you know i'm not definitely not downplaying that but is that actually the business we wanted to grow Mm. i think that was a decision that we had to ask ourselves that's huge and so, um, at the time, you and I, we were working on a, another business idea. We were working on a fashion technology idea, and mm. um, which you know was really cool. And I, you know, I was kind of like, well, if I'm going to move, if I want to explore another country, another city overseas, well, what better place than? New York City for the intersection of fashion technology. Mm. That was what I told myself anyway. I was like, there is no better place in the world. This is it. This is it, to explore this idea. Uh, And do you remember when we had this discussion? So I I think I I told you, well, first I think it was over brunch um, and Mm. I was like, I was a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie because I didn't know how you were going to take it, like whether you thought that that meant I wasn't um, invested in the idea or, you know, what it's up. But I was like... You know, obviously you knew that this big thing had happened yes, and yes. you know, I was still getting over the I don't mean to sound dramatic, but like the grief of, of that. Mm. Uh and then I was just like, Yeah, and so I think we're just gonna move to New York City. <laughs> I do remember this conversation and I love that how you're like grief like with the I don't mean to be dramatic I'm like you just found out that you had been stolen from one of your closest people who've been nurturing hundreds of thousands of dollars like I don't want to you know I don't want to make too much of a big deal out of this that's quite funny um but yes I had you know and then you were you had been contemplating moving um there was a few opportunities looking at from a corporate perspective Mm. I remember that conversation so I guess not entirely out of the blue but I think the The big part was, you know, at the time, um, you know, talking about how it was. The decision was very much like, "You're moving, so how can we make this work?" Mm. Um, And I didn't feel like it was too big of a because once I realized, I'm like, "Oh, okay." Immediately, like, "Oh, I'm going to come visit you guys at some point. It'll be fun." You are a morning person. I'm a kind of a super night owl, anyway, so the time zone might actually work quite well. And we were very much in how can we make this work sort of mode, I think, in that conversation. Yes. So after the initial thing of going, oh, well, that will be, you know, like, you know, obviously when one of your best friends moves, like that's always going to be tough. But mm-hmm. I think we are very much in that, okay, how can we make this model work? And, and I know how, like, you know, like dedicated you are to your commitment. So I knew that wasn't going to be a, a yeah. big thing. But I remember that conversation. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I think we can do it. I oh. think we can do it. Awesome. I mean, this is the great thing about, you know, our relationship is that there's just so much faith and trust, I think, in in who we are and right um which I guess we were still kind of like you know finding our way through that yes as well yes. right but I do remember I don't even know how long after that initial conversation not long but I also no. like two days, <laughs> like a, few days. <laughs> a few days because I think you had that conversation with me just before uh, you were going to see your lawyer about the actual move like right you know, okay like what you're going to what visas you're going to be on and right. things like yes. that yes. so yes. that's okay. why it was like becoming real so yeah. that's why we were like okay let's figure out what our our you know model looks like yeah so, okay so i do have the sense that okay so we probably had that initial discussion on like a sunday okay yeah and then i think it was a wednesday yeah That then okay. we yes. had the second conversation yeah and that conversation—it we was at like dinner. We, I think, we just worked out at the park. Uh, we yeah. had a trainer at the time, and we were having lasagna, yes. or something. And I don't, anyway. We were talking about it and things like that. And I was like, so I spoke to my lawyer, and she kind of has this thing, like this, <laughs> this like buy buy one get the second half price. Yeah. And I, and I was just kind of thinking, Bona, if you just wanted to, did you just want to move to New York as well? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then I remember saying but it wouldn't the second person be ash and you're like no that is part of the application it's like yeah, that's part of my application yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah buy a second application get that for, um you know for half price and then we had a bit of a joke about it I think you know where I was like oh you know we can't resist a good deal exactly. whatever yeah. lol <laughs> this is so funny and then and then you were like no but <laughs> but really <laughs> I, I, I really want this deal <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, do you not realise I'm very Asian? I just <laughs> too. To, it I mean, a couple of years and come back. I don't I need care to get you out of this. this. Yeah. But I, I cannot unsee this deal now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a whole other episode on another podcast about that, but <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'd rather pay more overall than <laughs> Um, but I do, I do remember that exact moment. And I just remember first thinking, oh, this is funny. And then second thinking, that's ridiculous. <clears throat> and then third thinking all in the space of, of course, one second. And then third going, well, is it so ridiculous? It's kind of ridiculous, but that sounds kind of fun. And then like going, and then going, what, but why wouldn't I go? Like, what is the thing that's keeping me here and not having a compelling, you know, obviously our mm-hmm. family and things like that, but not something that, you know, you guys actually had more things than <laughs> <Even laughs> yeah. you in Sydney, right? I'm like, I don't have, you know, bricks and mortar businesses, multiple businesses that need me here. Yeah. um, Not in a relationship or anything like that. So I was just like, there was literally, and then I was like, let me think about it or Yeah, something, you yes. know, like, and you were like, and you were like surprised, but also not. I think, yeah. Right? Well, I was, yeah. So I was, okay. So if anyone, when you get to know me, dear listeners uh you will realize that i'm a, a quite a high d in the disc profile and that means that i need action and i need <laughs> decisions made and I'm, so at the time i was being very patient i was like sure take your time so- have a think about this life altering decision that i've given <laughs> so you so we'll talk to her <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do have a bit of eye in you from the disc profile so you were like i mean obviously take your time have a think about it but let's chat some more. <laughs> because remember there is a deal on the line is, yeah. Yeah, it's only good for 24 hours yeah. I need to come back to my lawyer <laughs> anyway so then yeah so so what went through your mind yeah or so we, as you say we just worked out um we were doing um and then I think my my trip home was like 15 minutes or whatever no it was longer than I'd already at this point i had been moving with my parents um and then I came no I hadn't just yet anyway doesn't matter I like I was thinking, oh, my God, this is so exciting. You know, um, I did have a couple of friends who would moved to New York and things like that. I think I was thinking about it very intellectually. And then I got home and I'm like, i got to shower, i got to do my usual thing. And then in the bathroom, as I was kind of getting ready for all of that, I just like completely burst into tears. And I don't even know what kind of tears they were they were just like because usually I can feel I'm a big cry I can feel when I need to cry right it comes up it sits with me for hours and then I burst into tears but I just I just burst into just random tears and I was like crying and it was like a I was like what is going on and then I would just keep on crying wow I didn't even know this I think I would have been mortified if I'd known to be like (laughs) so I I just keep on (laughs) crying I mean, you did, you did. <laughs> um, but I just, and I think it was a bit of a release. Uh, now that I think about it many years later, at the time, I didn't really know what that was about. But I think it was a release of like, because at that time I was sort of thinking about what do I want to do next, you know? And I think it was just a mix of like, at that point, I think I realized I was going to do it. I hadn't spoken to you. I hadn't thought about the logistics. I hadn't been like, this is what I really want. But at like, you know, at the, the deepest, most emotional level that you can't quite Understand just yet intellectually. Mm. You've you've decided something. Yes, and I think it was just like fear and excitement and um, all of that coming all that at once and not having a, an appropriate response other than to crowd. <laughs> I think that's what it was. i made the decision. Wow, yes. So, I mean, you'll be proud. It was like a couple of hours. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, I'll right. The decision. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And then did you tell me the next day? I think so. Okay. I Good. mean, now memories are me terrible, me, yeah, but I but feel, feel like I out my have, miseries, which is great. You know, I like to, I prefer to meet a deadline if I can. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, all right. So, that was end of 2018, and then fast forward, you know, because obviously we had to. get some things in order and you know so we only we made the move in august of 2019 um 6th of august or 3rd of i keep forgetting the exact day 6th 6th of august we landed in new york yeah and we landed with um really uh, savings we just had savings we what we had done before we left was we had prepaid our rent for 12 months right so that to tell here that they did that they're like you are what I was like, <laughs> we had no other choice yeah exactly yeah. yeah so we had prepaid our rent for 12 months uh we had some savings which were allocated pretty much to okay how can we make this stretch for the next 12 months that you know we were mm. here mm. um in terms of utilities and food and by the way you know we didn't have really much of what does living in New York actually mean in terms of how much utilities cost and how much services cost and how much food, and then on top of that, all the the tax and the, tax. <laughs> and the tips and the tips, like because we don't we don't tip in Australia, right? Yeah. Like this is all. I think workers get paid a fair amount, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we we had to kind of readjust our allocation. Yeah. So that runway was maybe less twelve months and maybe like six to nine months. <laughs> <laughs> we'll worry about that later. We were we were like, you know what? In our minds, we're like, we have 12 months to make this thing work, yes. to make this fashion technology business that we're working on work. Now, <laughs> did that business work? It, not it did not. <laughs> you can probably tell that it did not work. So, after only four months, we decided to fail it. Uh, With decision making. And it, I mean, it was, I uh, cueed to us. You got a hint to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of worked out that the problem itself. Was probably not a big enough one that people were willing to actually change their habits for. So we <laughs> made a really, really tough but courageous decision to fail that. Mm. And then we're like, now what? what? <laughs> we January twenty twenty, December twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. January coming into happy new year. 2020. Exactly. 2020. We're like, what are we gonna do? Okay. So I mean, everything happens for a reason, right? Um, the great thing about having gone through that experience was that it led us because. We were It was a fashion technology idea, so we were talking to a lot of boutiques and brands, and that led us to actually providing agency services to help them build, to help them acquire customers. That's actually what we ended up falling into. Mm. Um, so that was, as you said, beginning of 2020, we had, a, gosh, around five months maybe left, about yeah. a lot of 12 months and it was at that point that we decided to make the transition into coaching yes because the agency was great but you know i don't know if any anyone on here has uh, listened to this has an agency or have tried it but it's hard work it's mm-hmm. hard work and you really got to want to be in, all in on it to scale it yeah. um and i think for us we just were not in the headspace to be like okay we want to be hiring people for this business so yes. we instead thought let's transition to coaching uh we've heard a lot We'll. We've definitely been targeted with a lot of Facebook ads about yes. how great coaching is. Yeah, I remember that one ad that made us decide to get into it. Yeah. Exactly. And uh so we that's what we did. And specifically, we went into high-ticket group coaching helping e-commerce businesses grow because that's what we were doing in agency land. So that just made sense to, yeah. to do that in coaching land. So it's a business called the Growth Boss. Uh so and so we decided that. And I wish, I wish I could say that we were successful straight out of the game. Yeah. I wish. It would have it been nice, right, to be like, well, we didn't have five months left. Yeah. Uh, and oh, then the five easy. months exploded into five years because we did so amazing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that was not the case. <laughs> that was not the case. Um, now, luckily, because of the agency work, we had a little bit, we, we'd given ourselves a little bit more time. So we probably had maybe an additional six months-ish. Yeah. Um, so we, at that point, we probably almost had a year to figure, figure this out, figure this out. Um, And I'm not exaggerating when I say that those initial couple of months in coaching, we were earning, what do you call it, like a big fat zero? (laughs) I'm like, how else do we say? Oh, my God, those were stressful, months. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And it's like, you know, when you start, you know, your coaching or your consulting business and suddenly your Facebook feed is just flooded with, ad after ad of this coach and that coach and that consultant and that consultant looking like they're providing the exact same thing that yeah. you are. <laughs> and you're yes. like, what? And you know, right, you know that they've been in the game a lot longer than you. They have an ad budget because clearly they're running ads. Yes. They have a list. You and you go and stalk them and you see that they have like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. All they these testimonials. All these testimonials and they're making money and you're Not. Not. <laughs> well, that was what was happening. That was what was happening. We were watching all these other coaches have this brilliant success with seemingly all this capital behind them. And I think we had maybe a $2,000 credit card. Because, yeah, I mean, getting credit here was also we're starting from scratch, yeah. right? There, was so there so many so things. So many things, yeah, yeah. Um, and we probably just had an additional six months to make this work. That was all we had going for us. Right. Uh, And this is the thing, right? We knew that we could genuinely help and serve our audience. Um, but this was what we're up against. So it was like, good luck. It was scary. Right? Good luck to us. Good luck. It was scary. It was frustrating. And I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that there are people listening to this who knows who probably knows exactly how this feels like. Mm. And at the time, we tried everything we knew. We threw every single thing we knew at this. Right? We were doing all the things. We were running Facebook ads that we couldn't really afford, but we're like, you know what? Everyone else is doing it. We've got to try this. We'll make this money back. Yeah. Right? We were running challenges. We were running webinars. We were reading all the books. Like I now, by the way, I brought no books with me from Sydney because I was like. I've only got this many suitcases. <laughs> That's like a lot. I've got other things. To, you know, I could not bring any books. So basically now I have full, full bookshelves because yeah. I was reading all of these entrepreneur books, um, entrepreneurship books. And I remember reading um, Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. And the one thing um, he said that stood out to me was, you got to start publishing. Hmm. you got to start publishing. And so we did. We've launched a podcast yeah. um, to start publishing. Um, and I went on Amazon, I found a microphone that wasn't too expensive uh, because we just did not have the funds. Yeah. So I spent $52.99 on one that got pretty okay reviews. And we started recording not knowing what in the world we were doing. So funny. We didn't know how to edit. Like literally, <laughs> I think we were just like, if we didn't like what we heard. We'd have to re-record the whole thing because I just <laughs> I did not understand the concept of like, yeah, you can cut things and you can insert things. I did not know any of that. So we launched a podcast and still nothing. Mm. So that clock, that clock that was governing how long we had in New York City, yeah, it was ticking and it was definitely not slowing down despite our best efforts. Mm. And then um, I came across this other book. So it's um, written by Daniel Priestley. It's called Oversubscribed. And things because he, he mentioned one particular thing and it started things started to click into place in, in my mind. Mm. So he spoke about this seven-hour rule mm. and that people need to see you and consume at least seven hours of your content before they can actually come to know, like, and trust you. And that mm. is when <clears throat> you make sales. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, I think there's something here. I think we need to be more intentional about the content that we were creating because we had this podcast, yeah. which... You know, it was, we were creating content. Yeah. Um, we were putting the time in like every exactly. Sunday. Yeah. But the problem was that no one knew about it. Mm. That was a problem, right? Mm. So what, we, what I kind of worked out, at the time I did not call it this, but now I call it this, but we had to create what I, I call content honey traps messaging that would have people feeling so compelled to want to listen to our podcast. And then we had to lay our content honey traps all throughout our podcast so that they would feel so compelled to get onto our list. And then when they're on that, they're on our list, then we would want, have to continue that conversation with them, directly with them. Mm. And this was how we were going to get that seven hours that we needed them to consume so they would come to know, like, and trust us. And from there, we'd get them into our conversion event and we'd make a sale. Mm. And so that was it, right? Yeah. So we had to create these content shops. That was what was going through my mind. Yes. And by the way, we had to all do all of this quickly because <laughs> that clock was still going. We're <laughs> kicked out of the country. Exactly. So it was yeah. a pretty, pretty crazy idea, but that was kind of an epiphany that I had, mm. um, you know, just seeing what other successful entrepreneurs were doing. So we started being way more intentional with the content that we were creating, uh, what we were talking about, who we were talking to, what we were doing in our social media. And honestly, I didn't think anything was working. I was like mm. in a freak out zone because yeah. okay? one month went by and there wasn't much change. But the good thing, I mean, we we definitely stick to our guns because we kept going anyway. Um, we kept podcasting. We kept creating this long-form content, um, kept showing up on social media, mm. kept emailing yeah. um, our lists. Fortunately, it was growing, growing slowly, but it was growing. So there were people to actually email, which is great. (laughs) Um, Another month, another month went by. Yeah, we kept going and another month kept going. And then I remember September 2020. Oh, that was a good month. But like literally how we did not have much time left. September 2020, we had just launched our offer for the third time. That Mm. was the third month in a row that we Mm -hmm. did this. Mm And suddenly we were, (laughs) oh my gosh! Okay, I still remember the 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 moments. I uh, I think I was because I'm a I'm a early early sleeper, so I was like pretty much in bed. Yeah. And we started getting Stripe notifications. Yeah. Stripe, like you know that the emails that come through. Yeah. And you're like, it's on Stripe, and it says, congratulations, you just. We started getting high ticket sales coming through. Yeah, I remember that because I think at that time we just still used to squeal every time we made a sale. (laughs) Yes. And when I say squeal, I don't think we're squealers, except for when that happened. <laughs> like, what? This, is crazy. this so is crazy. so exciting. So we had our first 20K month, yes. September 2020. Yes. And then since then, we've grown month on month. And in that first year, even with big fat zeros, big fat zeros for our first few months, we were still able to bank over $200,000 by being super intentional with how we set up our podcast traffic funnel. Mm. Setting it up with these content honey traps and so this system content honey traps um, it is the backbone of what it is that we do what it is that we teach it's what enabled us to start our software business called cap show um, it's what helped us transition our our coaching business to help you you high ticker coaches and consultants who podcast and want to get consistency in your lead gen And it's also enabled us to stay over here in New York City. I mean, we've been here for almost three years now doing something we absolutely love. Um, So I now have my content honey traps humming. I mean, obviously, we keep optimizing them, um, which is why we have consistency in our lead flow. And all I can say from the bottom of my heart is that... (laughs) If I could do this with a fifty-three dollar (laughs) microphone and like literally absolutely no experience when it came to podcasting and minus editing skills, not even exactly minus Minus. editing skills. (laughs) Uh, If I could do it, then you can one hundred percent do it too. Yes, and so that's what we're going to get into. So stick with us. We are going to go for a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're going to actually start to pull the curtains back about what content honey traps are specifically and some of the mental models that we use ourselves to think through how to create them. Excited for that. Are you ready to reach more people on more platforms in a lot less time with your podcast? Well, it's time to meet every podcaster's new best friend, Capture. Capture is the world's first AI-powered podcast copywriter and the fastest way to market and grow your podcast. In just 10 minutes or less, Show will turn your episode audio file into an episode title, description, show notes, social media captions for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok, a promotional email, blog post, LinkedIn article, YouTube description, and full transcript. All of the drafts it creates for you are fully editable and downloadable. All you have to do is just upload your episode audio, wait for it to generate the drafts for you, and view and edit these drafts and download them to use in all of your marketing content. But before you think that Capture is just another robot that just writes words for you, I have to tell you about what makes Capture different. You see, Capture's AI has a very robust mix of human intelligence mixed into it. Capture was created by marketers so that every piece of copy it writes for you is infused with content honey traps, so that your podcast episode stops the scroll and hooks your audience in to listen. But don't just take my word for it. Capture is offering you a free trial so you can see the magic for yourself for your podcast. Sign up takes less than 30 seconds and nope, there is no credit card required. Just head on over to www.capshow.com and sign up for a free trial. That's www.capshow.com and sign up for a free trial today. Okay, so we just, I just um, sort of walked you through our whole journey about how we made 200K in our first year podcasting. And now I want to deep dive a little bit into how some of the, how this strategy actually works mm. um, in Content Honey Trap. So I thought to start because I don't want to be, I could be, we could be literally here all week yes. recording this. So, yes. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Uh, We're going to uh, definitely over the next few episodes, you know, talk more and more about this. But I thought today we should at least give a little bit of a summary, a little bit of flavor on what content hunting traps are and what they could look like. Mm. So to start, I thought I would give you a little bit of insight into the way that I think about content honey traps. So as you know or you should hopefully know by now the content honey traps itself it's a system designed to compel your dreamiest clients your high ticket clients to follow you through your front end funnel okay it's from your social media to your podcast to your conversion event to the sale. Let's yes. make that moolah. <laughs> <And laughs> honey traps everywhere. Honey traps everywhere. Okay. Um, but and that's great, it's easy to say, but it's like, how, how, what, what? how, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so, okay, I thought, and you know, it's so what I love about talking about this is because you know, podcasters, everyone listening, you know that the 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 core of a good podcast is that you provide two things generally: a really, really great story. Mm and really great value. Yes, right? Pretty much every podcast that I've listened to have these two things. Mm. And if you don't definitely come to the podcast actually because I will <laughs> I will take you through this is your first sign you need this podcast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, but okay, so the way that I think about it, this is almost like the, the decision tree that goes through my mind is if I record a podcast episode and there was like this Great story that was told either from myself or from a guest or someone where I was like, Oh, that there's this unbelievable thing that happened, or there's this super great cliffhanger because you like I heard that and I was like, Oh my gosh, what happens next? Yes, great content honey traps to use. Okay, this is where we then go into what we call our story based content honey traps. Yes, now if you recorded a podcast episode and you know the story is great because obviously you know, but you're like. There wasn't anything super compelling in there. There wasn't mm-hmm. something that was like, "Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable." Then we want to go into what we call our tips based content hunting traps, which is really about how you, um, com- you 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 compel people, your audience, based on the value that you provided. Yes, in that episode. Okay, so that's kind of like overall the the how I think about okay, which which content hunting traps am I going to be using? Mm. So I thought for this one, for this episode, that we would start with story-based content hunting traps, and we do have. Four mental models in each. So, four mental models in our story-based content hunting traps, and four mental models in our tips-based content hunting traps. Yes. Today, I thought, let's start with our story based ones. And then in the next episode, we can talk about our tips based ones. Absolutely. I'm good. Awesome. So, Bona, do you want to kick us off with those four mental models? Yeah, absolutely. So, these are definitely my favorite because, you know, I love some drama. I think everyone loves some drama. Um, But, like you said, the stories are really important because what they do is they evoke emotion. And we all know, or maybe we don't, and we should know Mm. that emotion is actually what drives action. Um, so these tools like I said we've got four different ones and what we did is I guess we really tried to crawl into that brain of yours (laughs) my oh you don't want to be in my brain (laughs) yeah and I was like I don't need to be here in as long as (laughs) for the shortest amount of time possible let's let's take the goods and go you know yeah Um, and and what this is really pulling out teasing out from your brain um, how you tell stories and how you what are those bits that we think you know makes it for a really compelling story so there are four main main honey trap tools that are all uh, each of them have a slightly different trigger in terms of what makes that story compelling so the first one is what we call the paradox mm. the paradox is really about how do you contrast a really big result that you in this story yourself or you know a uh, your guest, right? If you're doing, if you have them on the podcast with you, um, you contrast that with a complete, a very surprising or unbelievable fact, mm. right? And the yes. contrast creates intrigue because people are like, how did Deidre, you know, who by her own admission, completely, you know, talentless in the podcasting realm with no money to buy fancy equipment, how was she able to generate $200,000 from mm. her podcast? Huge result. Yeah. Right? Immediate intrigue. And that's what you use. That's when you have that. You know, that that huge result and an unbelievable fact, you can actually intrigue them. so in that case, you would use the paradox tool. Mm. So this is one of our favorites. Yeah, which you may or may not have noticed that I used for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we eat our own dog food We totally believe in this. Okay. Now the second one, which I know you've alluded to as well, is what we call the cliffhanger. So we all know our cliffhangers from mm. back in the soap opera days, right through to every single movie. Basically, I, s- I swear I probably watched The Board the Beautiful for like <laughs> Years, like every day, every day. Every I was day. like, I have to find out. One. Did did Ridge is, she, is he going to choose Taylor or Brooke? Like, what is going to happen? One thousandth time. I know. We still need to know which oh, one. Are Stephanie and Eric going to get back together? <laughs> oh my gosh, I needed to know. Uh, or is he going to marry Brooke? You know, uh, yeah. Too, too many exactly. things. Yeah. Regardless, what we're doing is we're creating temptation for our mm. audience. We create temptation because in whether it's in our guest story, guests story or our own story let's pick the most dramatic moment Mm -hmm. right so that time that your you know trusted store manager you found out that you know hundreds of thousands of dollars have been stolen Mm -hmm. from you across the course of how many ever years huge cliffhanger I'm like (coughs) What happens next? What do you mean? Don't leave me hanging on this, right? So something, if if again, there's something in the story that is, you really want to tempt your audience. So this is, we use the cliffhanger tool for when something like that has happened and you want to create a compulsion for them to want to tune in to Mm. find out what happened next. So that is the second uh, content honey trap tool when it comes to story-based. The third one, I love this one too. It's called the big reveal. Oh, (laughs) okay. Okay. So now this is what you want to use when either in your story or your guest story, there has been some sort of unexpected twist, Mm. unexpected twist, right? So in doing that, in hinting at that unexpected twist with the big reveal tool, you're going to really lure your audience in because they're like, oh, you know there is that intrigue again you know yes. you're not giving away anything but you're kind of hinting at this something that's completely you know so this one i think is kind of a nuanced one but works really well mm. so one kind of funny thing that happened in our journey which we didn't go into today was there was a time when we were um we took on a very unconventional let's oh, say yes. a very unconventional vocation yes. that was um you know and it definitely it was one of my favorite times of us together so you just kind of you know being corporate ex-bankers at always been in this very white collar world we kind of dove into a very different location so again let's put this into context we had that clock was ticking the clock was ticking uh, we were like I wouldn't say desperate but we were you know we were like <laughs> open we were open we, to we had to do what we had to do we had yep. to do what we had to do but this my friends is what's happening with the big reveal right now <laughs> where you just kind of lure your audience in so that's one of my I do like that one as well and finally we have- should we actually should we give it to our audience oh we want to reveal oh. we, do we want to reveal <laughs> that we became delivery drivers yes yes we I'm do sure there were other vocations <laughs> on people's minds as they were listening to that so oh, yeah. that's right <laughs> we became <laughs> we were full kitted out with like the glove we had the 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 gloves, the gloves that would help us you know lift boxes and stuff yeah, we hadn't realize how rough yeah. that was on your yeah. hands we, again we would never done that before exactly but also we didn't we hadn't driven on that side of the road before. So this was a whole story. And you know what? We will share our Instagram account in the show notes. Oh my gosh, we should. Yes, yes, yes. definitely. You've got to check out the show notes, you guys. We'll, we'll leave photos. We'll leave. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be, It's it was pretty epic. It's pretty funny. It's yeah. pretty funny. Okay, so that's the big reveal. That's the big reveal. And the fourth and final story-based content honey trap is what we call the sharer. The sharer. So here what we're doing is we're giving away the ending. So again, in your story or your guest story, we give away the ending of something, you know, remarkable, fun, funny, crazy, dramatic that happened. But what you want to do is you want to whet your audience's appetite for the details of how we got there. Mm. So in one of the stories we told on this episode where you're like, Did made Bonner cry? which I didn't even realize. Yes. Technically that happened. That's the ending. Yeah. But how did we get there? Yes. Tune in to find out. So the share is another good one um, because, again, usually every story has a good arc. You know, there are circumstances that lead to that and, and you tell it anyway. So you that's how you um, you're you basically get your audience to be listening. So those are the four story-based content and track. Amazing. Tools. So what we'll do is if you will we'll do up like a quick um, cheat sheet on, on those, and you yeah. can grab them from the show notes if you want to head over there. Uh, we'll have a link that you can, um, and then obviously access it from there. And yeah, go get it, you guys, and go and laugh at our exploits in the show notes as well. When we are delivery <laughs> van drivers and the eighteen it suitcases cases, that we yeah. <laughs> we carted over across the, the world. Uh, so that's it from us for the first episode. Leave us a comment in our show notes. Show notes. Um, tell us what you thought any any feedback you have any and if you use any of those mental models, like, please let us, like we would love, love, love to know that we have served you in, in this specific way. Um, sign up for the podcast. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait for this. Yeah, it's, it's just so cool. Um, and please follow follow us, for this podcast, share about us. Um, we'll leave some of our socials in the show notes as well. We would love, love, love your support. Um, if you could leave us a review on your favourite podcasting platform again as podcasters we know how important that is so we would really really appreciate your support thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you on the next one bye Bye.